0: The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Yep, and to think, I used to be a liberal too. These children are influenced
2: to believe that they may be the wrong gender
1: people are finally getting it
0: because the mass media has not been reporting on this accurately it's only through conservative leaning and christian outlets that are actually telling the truth about the body
2: the books today that you're talking about they're just much more militant and they're targeting even younger children
1: Because I know that lots of people have had it up to here. They have had it up to here with this agenda, with the targeting of their children.
0: Our past silence as the church in America has reaped these horrific consequences that we're living through now.
1: Yep, and to think, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission
0: America with Linda Harvey. Because with God. All things. All things things are still still possible.
1: Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news articles and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to listen to our four-minute daily commentaries right here, Monday through Friday on the Word Columbus at 1020 a.m. Eastern. Eastern time. And also be sure to check out all our resources about the culture's influence on our kids, our faith, and our freedom. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. What would you do as a parent if the school went behind your back to counsel your child about gender confusion and you were never informed? Today, we are going to talk about just such a situation and what legal steps are being taken. Our guest is the lead attorney representing a family where this nightmare situation took place. Mary McAllister is a lawyer and advocate. For civil rights she has a jd from the university of california at berkeley bolt hall school of law and graduated summa cum laude with a bs in journalism from california polytechnic state university i can't go through her stellar resume there's just way too much uh, on it but she worked uh, previously as a journalist she was uh part of several prominent law firms with an unbelievable background, but then she felt a call to begin advocating for the protection of religious liberties, protection of unborn children from abortion, and the protection of the natural family. Mary has become a top litigator, authoring hundreds of briefs at the Circuit Courts of appeal, Appeals and at the United States Supreme Court. After many years with the fine Christian legal firm, Liberty Counsel. She and several other attorneys have also formed their own current group, the Child and Parents Rights Campaign, and you can find them at childparentrights.org. Mary now joins us. Welcome to Mission America Radio, Mary. Thank you, Linda.
2: I've I've been uh, a fan of yours for a long time, and
1: it's a pleasure to be on
2: with you and to discuss this really important case.
1: It. I've been a fan of yours, and uh, you when you were with Liberty Counsel and all your fine work there, and now you've gone on to something. Uh, wow, it's just amazing to watch what you folks are doing. So please lay out the situation uh, first. We'll talk about your your firm in a little bit, but I'd like for our folks to hear first about this situation with this case in Florida.
2: Yeah represent uh, mr. and mrs. little John uh, they live in Tallahassee uh, and they have a, a daughter who was 13 at the time uh, and during you know and she has some um, special needs you know ADHD and, and learning difficulties and because she was having trouble negotiating with uh, the online school during the pandemic and and was on the internet, that kind of thing. She began to uh, say, well, mom, I think I might be non-binary. I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, mom and dad uh, immediately began to look for a counselor look for professional help. Uh, mom herself is a, a licensed mental health counselor. However, she's not in practice at the time, at the moment. And so she set about finding uh, some help for her, Uh, and as school was beginning to start in Leon County Public Schools, uh, she wanted to let her daughter's teachers know that, you know, she was um, having some issues and that they were dealing with them, so she notified her daughter's homeroom teacher, which is her math teacher, uh, and said, you know, uh, this issue came up over the summer. We are dealing with it as a family. Uh, She may want to use a nickname at school, and that's okay, but we are not, um, you know, permitting any wholesale change of names or pronouns or or anything like that. We're working on the student's family, uh, and so I just wanted to let you know that this this is happening. And the the teacher, you know, indicated affirmance and all of that. And uh, so the next thing she knows uh, Mom knows is when she was picking her daughter up from school, uh, maybe two weeks later, uh, her daughter started giggling in the backseat. And she says, Mom, it was so funny. I had a meeting with some of the people at school. And they asked me about what bathroom I wanted to use. Isn't that silly? And, you know, Mom, of course, was aghast. And so that's when she contacted the school. Uh, and asked about this, and the uh, assistant principal and the counselor called her back and said, well, we're not permitted to talk to you about this. Uh, there was a meeting with your daughter, but she's protected under law, under a non-discrimination law that does not permit parental input, so we cannot talk to you about it. You need to talk to um, Dr. Kathleen Rogers, who's the head of the Equity and Inclusion Department, uh, who oversees our policy. So, you know, they contacted Dr. Rogers and, and back and forth and back and forth. Uh, but anyway, they found out that there was at least one meeting that they'd had with their daughter that, of course, they knew nothing about. And she met with uh, three officials at the middle schools, and they... Uh, set about with a questionnaire, and it's actually a questionnaire that was put, is put together by a group called, um, Gender Spectrum, uh, which is a pro, um, you know, transgender group that's very active in the school and provides resources to schools. They have developed this, uh, transgender nonconforming student support plan wow. questionnaire, and they, uh, so the, People at the school here sat down with with the the girl. Parents knew nothing about it, uh, and they developed this plan with her. Um, And they said, well, what name do you want to use? What um, pronouns do you want to use? What bathroom do you want to use? And she at the time said, I want to use the girls' bathroom. She said, well, where would you want to room if you go on an overnight trip, school trip? Uh, And she said, well, I'd be comfortable rooming with boys or girls. Wow. Uh, and then the plan specifically also said in there that her parents were not to be notified the privacy, quote unquote, was to be protected. Uh and um and that all occurred, and parents knew nothing about it. And then even to this day they did not know anything about it, had not their daughter then sort of giggly and, and thinking it was funny from the questions they asked.
1: Wow. Uh, Mary, so, that is this is uh, yeah. yeah. This is unbelievable that this kind of stuff is happening. So what's the status of the case then now?
2: Well, uh, we, um, you know, and and the parents, you know, they did all they could to try to work with the school to get information, to, you know, work it out with them, and and we're getting nowhere. So um, we filed a lawsuit in October in federal court in Tallahassee. And so it's just sort of the beginning stages now. Um, The school board, you know, uh, made a motion to dismiss the case, and we have responded to that, and uh, we're confident that that will not be granted and it will move forward. So, now we're beginning the discovery process, getting documents, et cetera, uh, and, you know, getting the information from the school to um, bring forth our case. Wow. And, uh, and then one of the other factors in here that, that's very quite important and makes us all the more egregious is, you know, this is Florida, which is very conservative. Uh, you know, Governor DeSantis and the legislature and everyone are all conservative. And as of July 1st, they have in place a parent's bill of rights. And yeah. the parent's bill of rights was d- directly was enacted in direct response to this kind of thing. And it requires that the parents be notified. So even after that was passed in July, all of this happened before that. This all happened in fall 2020, spring 2021. But even after the passage of that bill, uh, the school district still has not uh, been forthcoming with the information and still has not made a commitment to notifying parents about these issues. So wow. that builds upon sort of the, the importance of
1: that. Yes. In case you're just joining us, friends, we are talking here on Mission America Radio today with Mary McAllister, who is a an attorney uh, in a wonderful new firm called the Child and Parents Rights Campaign. And you can find them at childparentrights.org. And uh, so is the school correct? Uh, when I've heard this many times, and I know you have too, in saying that federal and state law require parents to not be informed when their children announce that they are identifying at school as transgender?
2: No, they're not. Uh, the federal statute that they often rely upon is uh, it's the, uh, known as FERPA, but it's the Federal Educational Rights and Privacy Act. And it specifically says that parents have the, the right to access information on their children, and no one else but the parents have access to that unless the parents permit it. So it's really the, actually the opposite. They're, they're twisting that to say, well, because she has privacy rights, we can't tell the parents. Well, no, the parents have the privacy rights until the child is 18. And, of right. course, and then in Florida, the state law is equally strong, and now with the parents' bill of rights being very specific. Uh, it's very clear they do not have that right. Now, a lot of times they do try to rely on some of the Supreme Court cases, you know, that have dealt with the same-sex marriage and and transgender issues. But none of those provide any support for uh, not notifying parents. In fact, the, the courts are very strong on parental rights, especially when you're dealing with something like this that's really a mental health issue. It's really yes. it's not an academic issue. It's a mental health issue. And the courts are very strong that parents are to have the right to make these decisions for their children. Unless the parents have been determined to be, you know, abusive or neglectful. And that's, of course, not the situation. Right. Uh, so it's, it's very clear they're acting against all of these established laws.
1: Right. And so as they're trying to find out all this information, these parents... As I understand it, the school maintained that their 13-year-old daughter would have to give permission for them to get this information. And this is kind of going all along the way of the child empower- empowerment movement in this country of cutting parents out, bypassing parents, and going directly to children. Isn't, it? isn't that just a part of this, this trend that's going on? Oh,
2: absolutely. Yes, absolutely. This is a, a big part of it that the children are given all the power, the children are given the ability to veto anything that, the any decisions by their parents. Uh, and if their parents, and in some cases, and we have, we've had another case in Arizona dealing with this, in some cases if the parents don't get along, go along, then Child Protective Services comes in, takes the child, and, and then they make the decisions for the child that the child wants to make. So it, it's really, yeah, very much a dangerous empowerment of, of children.
1: Now, are are you? Uh, we we only have about thirty seconds before we have to take a wrap up to take a mm-hmm. break. Are you're handling cases like this on an ongoing basis? Now, there's just many of them. Uh, isn't that correct? Yes. Yes. You're you're getting a lot more inquiries on cases like this.
2: Oh, yeah, almost daily or more. Uh, from all over the country,
1: and from all over the country, and your firm is able to handle cases throughout the country. Is that correct?
2: Uh, yes, we um, yeah we we uh, we are licensed in different states, and then when we're not licensed, we have affiliates that we work with, and they will work with us and supervise and and get us a temporary admission into the state to uh, work on the case.
1: Wow, and we're just so grateful for what you're doing, Mary, because this obviously God has called you all for uh, legal services at for such a time as this, because it was just about to uh, explode when you all formed your law firm, uh, your firm. We'll talk about your firm when we come back here on Mission America Radio. We've been talking with and we'll continue after our break with Mary McAllister, who's a lawyer, advocate for civil rights and uh, religious liberties, parental rights And uh, it has a a group called the Child and Parents Rights Campaign at ChildParentRights.org. So stay with us here on Mission America Radio. We will talk more about schools bypassing parents and uh, basically corrupting your children. When we come back here, I'm Linda Harvey. Thanks for listening. And we'll be right back after these messages.
0: Today's program is pre recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda.
1: And we get a great opportunity today to talk to somebody who's on the front lines of defending child and parent rights. Uh, Mary McAllister is a lawyer and advocate for civil rights, and uh, she's a litigator who's authored hundreds of briefs at the circuit courts of appeals throughout the country and also at the U.S. Supreme Court. And she is with the Child and Parents Rights Campaign. So, Mary, before we go on uh, about this case and then other similar situations in the country, I'd like you to tell us about the Child and Parents Rights Campaign.
2: Okay, that would be my pleasure. We uh, were formed in 2019. We're a 501c3 nonprofit uh, public interest law firm. Uh, and we grew out of a call on our lives, particularly, um, first on our founder, Bernadette Broyles, uh, in the Atlanta area, uh, who was, had been a family law practitioner, uh, and had begun working on a case involving a, a young girl who had been assaulted in a bathroom in a school by a young boy who's committed to be in there. And that's what the Lord just used to grab her heart and to say, I need you to to shut down your family law practice, and I need you to work on this full time, uh, on this issue of of the transgender agenda. And so she she did that, and I came on board right away uh, in uh, June—well, I came on board in um, July of 2019— Uh, and, uh, so then we, um, have set about now, um, getting resources available for parents, uh, and, uh, litigation, working on legislation, uh, as well, uh, in the various states. And, uh, God has blessed us greatly. Uh, we have a third attorney, um, Joel Thornton, who is also an experienced civil rights attorney, and uh, he uh, does a lot of our um, legislative work and advocacy work uh, with school boards and that kind of thing as well. Uh, right. And so it's just been a real uh, godsend in, in his providence. And um, we've also got an attorney we're working with in uh, Missouri, Ernie Trakas, who is a seasoned school board attorney um, who's also gotten uh, the call and he works with us on cases, uh, this one and others uh, as well. Uh, he's out in Missouri, but um, he, he works with us and comes in and, and advises us and, and uh, uh, so, so, has been a, a tremendous uh, asset for us as well.
1: Yeah. So we're in Ohio. Most of our uh, – this uh, show will go throughout Ohio. Uh, if people wanted to contact you from Ohio, first of all, would you be able to handle cases in Ohio? Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: You would. Okay. uh, How would, how would they contact you then?
2: The best is our website. We have on the website, we have a place, a contact uh, page, uh, in which a person can, you can, you can call and leave a message or you can fill out a, a contact form. And, uh, we have, uh, A person, a delightful uh, woman who takes our calls uh, and contacts the people right away, gets their information, and then uh, transfers it to one of the attorneys, and and we give it a look, and and then call people back. So uh, that's really the best way. Um, Or, or, you know, just like I said, the phone numbers on the website. You can call and leave a voicemail, and, again, our intake coordinator and Joe will call back and um, and speak to the person.
1: Okay, because I get calls uh, quite frequently from parents looking, uh, you know, they're thinking about a lawsuit, so I will refer them to you if it seems appropriate. I want to move on and talk a little bit about, uh, in the time we have left, about the obscenity exemptions in uh, the states. Most uh, states in the country exempt schools from their laws about uh, disseminating obscenity and Ohio is one of those. We have an exemption in our state for schools, which would be great to be able to change. I want to read what uh, you said being quoted in the Epic times uh, commenting on these obscenity exemptions. Um, You said, if I walked across the street and handed these same books to my neighbor's children, I would probably be arrested. And that's the true of what's uh, in the literature classes, in the libraries, in comprehensive sex education, uh, tell us what people can do um, and how we people need to educate themselves about this.
2: Well, uh, they can educate themselves about it. Um, you know, they can obviously read their state laws. Uh, they can go to a uh, an organization. Called the protect child health coalition I believe you're a part of that as well Linda yes uh, and mm-hmm. they have a website and resources for each state that lays out these laws uh, and the basic thing is we need to get the legislatures to repeal these ex- exemptions uh, but also short of that uh, to simply get get to your school board uh, and Give them samples of some of these materials that are in their school libraries and hold their feet to the fire and say, yes, maybe under state law, technically the people can't be prosecuted for this, but here in our school board, you all can do something to make sure these our children are not exposed to these things uh, and, and have the school boards you know take action in their individual districts for what they do have authority over to say, you know, we're not going to permit these kind of obscene materials to be available uh, to our children. And so put policies in place, uh, establish committees to review books that are are brought into the schools and the libraries, uh, include parents on those committees, and review those and and use, you know, use the state law of what's obscene under the state law and say this, this will qualify, therefore we don't think it should be available to children in the library and um, establish standards like that in the individual school board. And then meanwhile, of course, have people uh, at the state legislatures doing the same thing, saying you need to change this law uh, right. and um, get that on the book so that it's not there anymore. And then that will uh, be more of a deterrent against these folks bringing this stuff into it the schools.
1: Well, yeah, that's exactly right. And we're uh, almost out of time here. I just want to say one thing. I Just keep your ears tuned to this listeners, because uh, you'll be hearing a lot more about this in Ohio in the coming months. Mary, thank you so much for what you're doing. Um, it's childparentrights.org. And uh, God bless you, Mary. And thank you for taking on this enormous task. Great. Well,
2: God bless you, Linda. Thank you very much.
1: And I just ask you, friends, to pray for Mary's firm and pray for her, pray for this case. Uh, If you hear of similar cases, you know, contact her firm because they need to hear what's going on out in the grassroots. I'm sure they already are. But just remember, let's not give up this fight. Uh, With God, all things, all things are still possible. And let's stand on that truth. I hope you all have a very good day.